Welcome to the Deep Waters Podcast. We pray that Christ is at the beginning and end of all we do. May openness and peace mark our discussions as we engage in conversations about the fresh move of God. May our hearts be drawn to unity. And in all things, may this shape us to look more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hmm. Now, if you'd like to grab a venti iced Americano. <laughs> Come on, cheers. <laughs> or some three days old coffee you heated up in the microwave. <laughs> the difference right here. Whatever you do, just enjoy the Deep Water Podcast. <laughs> Benji. <laughs> <laughs> Friends, we don't have Jace with us today. Jace has been out of town for the Richard Gordon weekend that we just experienced and um, felt like it was important to have a conversation where we unpack some experiences from the weekend. And I invited my wonderful friend and coworker on the staff, on. Lauren, to help me debrief share some of her testimony and uh, that's that's what we're going to do today is just kind of unpack stuff that went down and share testimony and hopefully encourage hearts so uh to begin lauren would you just tell people who you are yes <laughs> that'd be great what you do here and so forth yeah absolutely um my name is lauren edwards and at riverhouse i work for riverhouse global the international side of what Riverhouse is a part of. Um, so I oversee the international missions side of things. So mm. all the logistics with sending out teams and trips to Southeast Asia and um, the Middle East where our community partners are and have been for years. Mm. So we actually sent out a trip or a team today to Southeast Asia. Yes. So we have a couple people from our staff who will be gone for the next two weeks. And then the next trip is in 2024 end of January. So praise God, yeah, starting all the work of leading up to the next trip and sending out this team and just praying for safety. But yeah, all things missions and, um, traveling. It's, mm. that's totally right up my alley and what I do here. So it's wonderful. Yeah. I also have the privilege of getting to serve the youth alongside Lauren because yeah. she's recently decided to become a volunteer staff recently. I don't know. Has it been three months? That I committed to youth, it's been about three months yeah. that I've been processing it. It's been a long time, actually. Oh, you knew. It was in your heart. It was in my heart for a long time. And you've done youth ministry at previous churches, right? At my old church, yes. Uh -huh. I grew up, like the way they kind of facilitated it is you grew up in the youth. And then mm. when you went to, honestly, I started leading even in high school. But when you went to college, it was like, okay, now you're a youth leader. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like <laughs> just your next step. <laughs> for sure. I did the same thing yeah. at my church. Totally. That's good. Yeah. I was texting the team that's leaving for Southeast Asia today. Nice. Just a couple of them praying for them. And mm. yeah, I'm really eager to hear what the Lord does on that trip. Me too. It's yeah. actually the first um, trip that is focusing solely on marriages. Oh, yeah. I didn't even know that. Yes. It's where there's going to be 30 couples there, like both men and wow. women. And that's pretty much the first time that anything wow. in like that has happened where we are partnered with in Southeast Asia. That's great. So this is less like evangelistic and more building up of our ministry partners. 100%. Oh, I love that. We're totally pouring into that's them holy. emotionally, spiritually, like 
yeah, all mm. for their marriage so that they can continue to like pour out in their ministries. So it's, it's amazing what's going to take place this in the next couple of weeks. Mm. Whoa, that's great. I know it holds a different kind of weight. It does. Mm-hmm. And just because it's so unique too, it feels like breaking new ground. Totally. I'm excited to hear. Me too. No, even more. I know how to pray. So thanks. Exactly. I didn't have that intel. Of course. Uh, and let me just say, I'll say it to your face any day of the week, but it's <laughs> fun to get to say it in the microphone Come that on. you are an incredible human, mm-hmm. Lauren, and uh, your faith is one that I can, like having heard your testimony a bit, mm-hmm. I can tell that um, the Lord has just been your Lord. Mm-hmm from before you can remember and you've walked like near and dear with him and he with you, Mm. um, all along your journey. And so it's so wonderful to see him equipping you and using you for vocational ministry. Mm. Um, though I know that ministry has been a part of your life probably as long as you've lived in one form or another. Mm. And I say that on air to say, that Lauren, in case you don't know her, (laughs) is a really wonderful resource for a conversation like this. Mm. I really trust your experiences with the father and trust that, um, yeah, like the heart of intimacy in your relationship with him that you've cultivated is a really sincere one, Mm. um, that there's no showmanship, there's no performance, Mm. um, but just genuine love. Wow. Uh, I hope that you resonate with those words. That's what I see <laughs> oh, thank on you. you. Um, and that's part of why I thought you would be such an excellent conversation mm. partner for this. Thanks, Ben. Chat. I appreciate it. Yeah. That means a lot. Definitely cool. true. So thank you. Praise. <laughs> Praise. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, okay. Shall we just start diving into the, this past weekend? It. Jump on in. Uh, so Richard Gordon came with a team of some students but some like post-grad bssm students yes maybe there were 12 of them or so yeah international many of them are yeah uh very good people i love it when the bethel team comes amazing and i feel like pretty consistently when they come um they uh, they create incredible moments of encounter through the spirit and also rub some people the wrong way. Hmm. There can be um, things that happen, for example, like, a, 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 well, I don't know if it's necessarily a controversy, but something that some people have wanted us to talk about more is, hey, is it okay that they like spoke in tongues from the microphone in the front? Yeah. Um, or what do I do with, mm-hmm. you know, this special, like specific thing that went down and, um, because we're inviting people in from outside of our local congregation, they'll have a different culture than us. And mm-hmm. I just feel like it's important to point out that it's good. Um, like with that difference in culture, there will be some things I think that just rub us the wrong way every now and again, totally. or confront us, challenge us. We might agree with a lot of it and we might disagree with some of it. And in the midst of all of that, they are our brothers and sisters in Christ. Mm. And we are to like humbly submit to what the Lord has for us to learn from them. Yeah. Um, just as they are to us. Mm -hmm. And I saw that happening, which was so cool. Their hearts of humility were so profound. So, um, maybe can I start with this question for you? And if Mm -hmm. it's, it's okay if the answer is no, but is there anything that the Bethel team did or has done in the past that like at all rubbed you the wrong way? 
Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think if my answer were to be no, I would be wrong. <laughs> you know? Yeah, wrong. Uh, straight up wrong. Um, so the answer to that is yes, absolutely. Um, and I think my first... Okay, so I think actually you and I might have talked about this is that um, something I love about what Jordan does and what Riverhouse does is when we invite someone in as a guest speaker or um, to come and steward our space for the weekend or on a Sunday, we empty handedly give them the pulpit, you know, Mm. and that is like such I don't think people always necessarily understand like the weight of what that can mean of like I'm giving you the pulpit. And, um, I think in a way Jordan or somebody on our staff could have, could facilitate a space where, yeah, I mean, we've all heard comments about maybe this year and last year where someone would speak in tongues in the mic or, and it would like kind of bother someone. And yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there was a lot of people in the room that probably wanted to go and take the mic and facilitate something different, you know, Mm. but I think that would be dishonoring to the culture that we invited in. Cool. to the space. And yeah. so, yeah, don't get like, I think with that topic specifically, it is, um, like speaking in tongues in the mic that has for sure raised a, like maybe a red flag or just like a question mark. I'm mm. like, okay, is this okay? You know? And yeah. especially something I've loved in the, I think the Lord gave me this analogy or comparison. Um, and you said it is that like, we invite a different culture here. And so when we might see something that is so vastly different from our own culture that we cultivate here, it's like experiencing culture shock and that's good language. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I'm like, I just had to bring that to the Lord of, I mean, when I, I've been in different countries, Southeast Asia or I'm Belize, you know that. And it's Mm -hmm. many churches look very different specifically. And I have found more so than being in a different country, being in different churches I've experienced more culture shock, honestly, than I have like being in a different culture environmentally. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the answer to that question is yes, but it's like in the form of, okay, I'm just experiencing straight up culture shock being in a different Hmm. spiritual environment like this. Hmm. Wow. Thanks for putting those words to it because I feel like there, there isn't as much value of like, we are right. They are wrong. Right. When you say culture shock, it just means, Hey, we're experiencing a different culture. These are the way, this is the way that people do this. Like I lived in Africa for a time Mm -hmm. and the people there worshiped in a way that I had never experienced worship before. And it was stunning. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a little bit like, I I don't even know if I can dance like that while singing. Like it's exhausting. How long do you worship? Totally. Totally. (laughs) Um, so I experienced culture shock and it, there was an invitation in their culture for me to experience God in a way that I hadn't before. Mm. Um, so I think what's beautiful about those moments of rub is there an invitation to see, oh, is there a, an aspect of you, Lord, that I haven't been seeing as fully that that culture is seeing a little bit more than I am. 100%. And I've even been challenged by like when I go to mm. Southeast Asia or Belize or on another, another mission trip, you are very aware. And we actually even teach teams that we send out how to dress 
You know, good. you are dressing the way that their culture dresses. You are eating the food the way that their culture eats the food and with your hands, maybe without utensils, you know? And so Whoa. apply it, like insert worship, insert praying for people, insert like Holy Spirit filled encounters in the middle of Sunday, Saturday and Monday, I guess too now, you know, <laughs> yeah. like <laughs> yeah, the sure. whole weekend you can just insert here mm. and apply it to, okay, well, I am submitting to your culture for the weekend. So how can I press in and what areas am I feeling like that tension or that pull of like, okay, Lord, you're going to have to reveal yourself to me here because I've never seen it this way. Wow. Or I've never experienced you this way. I think something that I love so much about Richard Gordon, um, which is just a hallmark of his is that he leads with honor and everything. So good. And He also has absolutely no fear of man. So crazy. He'll be completely ridiculous. And I feel like it's just disarming. Mm -hmm. Like I, parts of me wants to be judgmental towards how outrageous he is, but then he's, he's so lovable at the same time Mm -hmm. that I can't be judgmental toward him. It's so true. You know, that's a great way to say it. Maybe other people don't experience that quite that way, but like, I I can't be judgmental because I just feel the authenticity of his heart. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I would agree with that for sure. You're watching him and you're like, this is the most insane thing I've ever experienced, but you're like, and then he honors someone and then you're blessed. So So blessed. Crazy. And then it invites me into honor also. Absolutely. It's like creating an atmosphere of honor that pulls me in and makes me want to honor him in my heart without even maybe consciously trying to, Absolutely, which is such a gift. Totally. I just, I want to be more like him in the way that I minister in so many ways. 1000%. Hmm. And before we move away from it too much, I just want to point out that, um, if, if you're listening and you're thinking, why is speaking in tongues from the microphone at all a problem? Mm. Um, just know that we can bookmark that conversation for another day. Mm-hmm. First Corinthians 14, Paul is wrestling with the Corinthian church about how the gift of tongues ought to be used. And essentially he says in first Corinthians 14, um, don't speak in tongues unless you have someone there to interpret it. Um, if you're in a public space, otherwise speaking in tongues is meant to be something that's like cultivated in your quiet place essentially um unless the tongues that you're speaking is um like a language of another human people group right say the lord just gave me portuguese and i was able to go to mozambique and start speaking portuguese to them that would be one version of tongues and then another is he basically says it's not edifying to the congregation unless there's someone there to interpret yeah so uh, there's different arguments to that, but I just wanted to bookmark it. So if, if you want to dive in more, go check out first Corinthians. But anyway, that said, um, okay, this is what I want to shift to just the conversation around encounter. If we can, um, the church that I grew up in had absolutely no language Mm. for encounter. We also didn't have any experiences for encounter really. I mean, in retrospect, I'm starting to see that a little bit differently. Um, right now, I even just started reading a Henry Nouwen book called The Return of the Prodigal Son. Oh, wow. And he's talking about his engagement with a Rembrandt painting that just captured mm. his spirit. And before I was in Riverhouse culture, I would have just thought like, whoa, the dude loves the painting. Totally. But now I'm realizing like God is encountering him yeah. through Rembrandt's art. Mm. 
Um, so I think it's important to like have a good understanding of what encounter even is. That's really good. Uh, and also recognize that it is vast in how it can be expressed Absolutely. or manifested. Absolutely. So I don't know. Is that too big of an open question to just ask you what encounter is? Wow. <laughs> or uh, like <clears throat> what are some examples of ways that you've experienced encounter in your testimony? Yeah. That's a better question. In there my you go. Opinion. <laughs> um, hmm. Yeah, I think, yeah, for me, it's been like kind of a crazy journey and maybe different, you know, in my own way. Everyone probably would feel that about their own story. Um, but I remember kind of similarly to what you're saying, I grew up in a church um, on and off like when I could go to church with friends or whatnot. And I remember something inside of me, which now looking back is kind of what you said I have language for of I was being encountered, but then I just didn't know. Um, but from a little girl, I would have, I would get like this weird twitch in my left arm or I would shake. Mm. And I remember multiple times I, when I would come into the presence of Holy spirit, my body would shake and I'm kind of, it's happened at like dinner tables and I'm there as a little girl kind of just being like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel it inside of me. And I remember my dad being like, are you cold? Like, do you need a jacket? Sure. You know, you're shivering. Totally. I'm like, that's a fair question, but I, I'm like, I'm not, I'm actually very hot. Like I feel the fire, like Whoa. presence of the Lord. And honestly, just from, from when I was a little girl, I was having encounters with the Lord. Hmm. And, um, for me, usually oftentimes that would look like, a shake or like a kind of a little twitch. Um, or I would, I re, I've told you this, like when I, especially when I was really little Holy spirit and I would have conversations in my room. Hmm. And, um, for me, my like Holy spirit was my refuge and my only refuge growing up. And so it's very like, as I've gotten older and really pressed in the like more honestly audible conversations and like tangible like manifest conversations have kind of shortened a little bit or not as often whereas it was like daily um and nightly when i was really young wow but um for me i remember sitting in church and like i said i could feel having an encounter like i'm such a feeler and so i feel it deep within me before maybe anything is actually happening to me or before i can have language i'm like oh I can feel and discern something in the room, but trying to express that without the language discern without the language I'm having an encounter, you know, like even as a little girl without the language anxious, you know, hmm. you're just like, I am picking up on a lot of things in this room and I don't know what it, what they are. Um, it's good. So that was really hard. But for me, that's what an encounter looks like. I feel it really deeply. And then I really now a day is like, I feel it. And then I can either know the feeling based off of the like frequency that I've had it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, Oh, someone in this room is anxious or whatnot, or like, I'll get like kind of a little twitch or, wow. um, yeah. On, and then obviously just, we're all always practicing hearing the way the Lord speaks to us. So that's been a constant journey and Amen. still is. So does that answer your question? It's, yeah, it's really helpful. At Honestly, least opens it a little bit more. It totally does. It, you hit on a lot of great things there because uh, I, I think maybe at the most base level, you could say that, uh, correct me if you th see this differently, mm -hmm. at the most base level, an encounter is just where you feel met by God. 100%. In some way. Yes. And I like that you use 
some helpful terms like I'm a feeler. So I felt, Mm -hmm. and it's like the Lord chose to communicate with you based on who you are in on terms that make sense to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and the subjectivity in that is helpful because it helps us start to frame how we might encounter the Lord differently one from another. Uh, for example, an encounter with the Lord might not always look like a, like a physical twitching. Mm -hmm. The word manifestation has helped me. Yeah. Um, because what it means for something to be manifest is it's like, there is something actually in there happening. Um, but you might not know it until, uh, like an outward expression or manifestation of that thing is made evident. So I've actually funny enough, started twitching a little bit in the spirit. (laughs) Come on. Um, and that was never a part of my story until Mm. the last two or three years, maybe. Yeah. Um, And I don't know why the Lord does that, but I could say I didn't try to make that happen. Totally. And it's not like, it's not a habit that I have in any part of my life, Mm -hmm. except for when I'm in prayer or surrounded by praying people. Yeah. Um, so that's a good example. I I think a skeptic might say, what, you know, like, like, the human body twitches. Maybe I've seen people twitch and, and why would the Lord do that? Mm-hmm. Like that doesn't feel fruitful or helpful. Um, do you have a, a, any response to the person that might be thinking that? Cause if I'm honest, I probably thought that Yeah. and even still do in certain ways, which is just hilarious because now I move in that way a little. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, it's fair. Yeah. I mean, and, and for someone who's experienced it, even watching, I'll be totally transparent. Like even watching sometimes when we have a team come or someone from a different culture come and they're twitching, you're just like watching it very mm-hmm. in just front of your eyes. And it's very aggressive or very intense. There's part of me that's like, okay, Lord, like help me not be skeptical right now because mm-hmm. I know what you do in me and I don't really have an explanation for it. That's good. You know? Yeah. I think for me, if someone was sitting before me and was like, why do you do that? I would tell them, honestly, it's the Lord. Like, I don't have the answer as to why, Mm. but my track record of sitting as a little girl also wondering why is like the answer to your question of like, it actually Mm. takes my flesh out of it because I don't have the answer. Like, it can't be me. Oh, that's great. You know? Yeah. Thank you for saying it that way. I, I don't have understanding around this and it doesn't make sense. If it made sense, then it would have been from me more likely. Exactly. (laughs) But because it's beyond my understanding, only God, I guess. Totally. And that's what I, I mean, (laughs) isn't that what we want? We want every area and aspect of our life to be looked at and been like, well, only God. Amen. You know, encounters from this weekend, my experience from this weekend, I'm looking at people only God because it wasn't me. Wow. You know, totally. If you had tried to fake some kind of encounter with the Lord, what happened with you on Monday would have never been what you had chosen. Oh, 1000%. <laughs> no way. I would have done yeah. something way different for sure. <laughs> if I could choose from a list, you could. Yeah. <laughs> so Joy all I'll the way. I'll just start like smelling and tasting cotton candy, please. Like check that box, God. Thank totally, you. Totally. Uh, I just released that to the room. Yeah. Cotton candy. <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah. I've never heard that one, but maybe it's a thing. 
I had an encounter once, speaking of smelling and tasting. It's funny how God just uses our senses. It's crazy. Um, which, well, we could go down a really deep, like philosophical rabbit trail there that I kind of enjoy that was inspired by a C.S. Lewis article called On Transposition, mm. where he was talking about um, tongues as an example of how God uses natural things, um, empowered by or animated by the supernatural realm. Mm. So basically the concept is if you look at gibberish or the gift of tongues from the outside, they look exactly the same. Right. However, one is animated by the work of the Holy spirit mm. and the other is only the flesh. Yeah. And in our Christian experience, that happens a lot with these different manifestations. Like I can smell things in a way that is just very natural. Like right now I'm smelling the coffee that's in front of me, but there was an encounter once that I had very subtle. Um, but in faith, I totally believe that this was Come just on. the Lord. We were praying, um, in my revival group at the time, we now call them house churches, but, <laughs> um, we were reading through the same verse in John. I don't even remember what chapter. Um, and I was praying and listening to people read this scripture. And all of a sudden I started to smell like pretty obviously red wine. Oh, wow. And I, oh, so much so I looked around and I thought someone had just walked in with like communion materials. Yeah. And we're like maybe even holding them right in front of my face because it was like clearly it's your turn. red wine. Wow. I'm like, oh, where's that coming from? And I looked around. I thought is someone like that had just had a lot of wine, like breathing next to me. Um, and wow. the smell didn't go away for maybe three or four minutes. Wow. Um, and as I sat in it, yeah, bottom line, I like had this really simple picture in my mind. It was like my holy imagination. So very much my natural properties um, my imagination, my olfactic glands, like how I smell, yeah. um, are being, I don't know, <laughs> they're being, um, filled by the animating power of the Holy spirit in that moment. Yeah. And he's choosing to portray to me the smell of red wine and show me a picture of his hand coming down and absorbing me, a small Benjamin into his giant finger mm. is what I saw. Wow. Um, and I was like covered in his blood that was smelled as sweet as wine. And it was anyway, not wow. to get more into the encounter, but that yeah. was, that was a really beautiful moment for me. And I had no idea absolutely why God would have done that. Mm -hmm. But I know that when he did that, I felt so covered by him. Mm. So hidden in Christ or some like new Testament words yeah. for that. And I, like it did something to my spirit. Yeah. Um, that I think just reading words, you are hidden Christ, Benjamin, wouldn't have accomplished. Mm. Like that encounter did something for me. And by the work of the Holy Spirit, the Lord used really natural means to communicate very supernatural things to me. Yeah. Does that make, does that help? 100%. Some of those terms. And I think if we want to bring up the skeptic in the room again, Hello, skeptic. <laughs> hey, it's me. <laughs> uh, I do think it's a fair, like that it's, there's a mystery behind an encounter. And I actually think mm -hmm. it's the most beautiful mystery hmm. because a skeptic or me 
at at this point in my life haven't there hasn't been a need for an encounter like the one that the lord Mm -hmm. or holy spirit chose to give you you know sure and what's so beautiful about that is the skeptic could be like well there wasn't wine in the room so what were you smelling you know someone put on grape chapstick and it was really potent you know honestly that might have happened (laughs) no but (laughs) what you experienced and only you and the feeler in me is like only you can tell me what the Mm. Lord made you feel, Hmm. you know, and made you experience and had for you. And that's, what's so beautiful about encounters. And like, I mean, you could use this term like mass encounters is like the Lord always has an agenda, Hmm. you know, and always has an agenda for you and for me, every part of my day and every part of your day that it's like, it's going to look vastly different, but doesn't mean that like there isn't, doesn't mean it's not true. Doesn't yeah. mean, and they don't have to look the same. Like Benji, the way that you and I experience the Lord is different, but we both honor that in each other. And then we come together and we share our story because it's like, Hey, That's you so know good. what I've been walking through. And so when you see that encounter with me, you're like, okay, tell me about it. And like how that makes you feel and like to where you're at in this point in your life or Excellent. what I know this part of your story, you know? Excellent. And right back at you, Excellent. like same thing. Praise God. Yeah. That's another aspect of why I love Richard Gordon's ministry is how much he highlights the importance of testimony. Mm-hmm. Uh, as he'll just, I mean, he did this every time he started speaking, he would begin by just telling stories of what God had done. It, like, this is what God did last night, or this is what I saw God do last year or six years ago. Do you remember this? Mm-hmm. Rachel Provost. And he like c- called out a person in the back and like yeah. shared testimonies and then faith lifted in the room. We actually benefited from one another's encounter, even though like I didn't receive physical healing when Whitney Miller received physical healing. I like my spirit experienced the joy and faith, Mm -hmm. at least in part of Whitney Miller because of her testimony. Absolutely. Well, and I think what's beautiful is, I mean, there's even a part of me that questioned because there was, I mean, we were in some of the like other meetings outside of the Gen Z night and then Sunday and mm-hmm. then Monday, you know, but, and w- when he was in more of a corporate setting, I'm, I kind of actually asked myself like, why is he, uh, why is he telling that story again? You know? Uh-huh. And then I, I sat back and I, and I said, oh my gosh, like I felt it in the room. Hmm. You know, I was, I was like, oh, there's a shift in the room that's happening each time he shares a story. And what I thought was so interesting was the same thing happened at youth on Tuesday. Amen. The shift in the room when they all, we've all heard Levi's story by now. Yeah. But then what he shared again on youth and then added some of like, okay, but then the day after, and then it, it like it builded fit. It Mm -hmm. builds faith, Mm -hmm. you know, praise God. And I was like, okay, that is what you're doing. (laughs) You're building faith in the room to experience more encounters. That's why there was encounters every single night. That's it was beautiful. So good. It, uh, it reminds me of um, Acts because I just finished reading through Acts. Mm-hmm. And Paul, homeboy, we hear his testimony about his conversion moment uh, three times in the mm-hmm. book of Acts. And you might wow. think um, one thing that we take for granted is how like easy and affordable it is to publish books <laughs> today. But to write like 10 more words in the ancient world was a cost. Dang. You wouldn't retell anything unless it was significant that it was retold Whoa, in the interesting. Bible. And so the book of Acts is really cool because we hear Paul's testimony three times built out in different ways or with different audiences. And the third one like 
King Agrippa and the, the, all this room full right. of people are moved by mm-hmm. Paul's testimony. Um, I, I, anyway, I just see biblical evidence for what you're saying that there's, there's powerful evangelistic opportunity in testimony. And I think an opportunity to share encounter or like almost like when Levi was met by God, he was given an aspect of the heart of God that he now has the ability to share, which is why when someone is healed of floaters in their eye, like that happened on Sunday night, Mm -hmm. I think, um, Richard gave him the microphone and said, I want you to now pray that anybody else or her, maybe anybody else experiencing something similar would be healed of that thing. Mm. Because what God just gave you, you now have the ability to give away. Absolutely. Hmm. That's fascinating. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The spiritual realm is so mysterious and yet like it's, it's cool unpacking some of these things because it helps me realize there are certain principles that we should live in. Mm-hmm. Um, one is I want to live in an honoring way. Yeah. I don't want to lead with skepticism. And if I have doubt, then I want to be prayerful about the way that yeah. I steward my doubt. And if the Lord touches me, it is good to prophesy um, by way of testimony. Right. Because what is it? Testimony is the spirit of prophecy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Praise God. I, I always think of Dante Bo when he starts doing that. And I thank God yes. that means what he did for it's, another. Yes, he could do so it again, good. you know, so good. Yes. <laughs> which is, that's the principle. Mm-hmm. And Dante's seen it because that man walks with the Lord. Absolutely. Not that that man's perfect. None of us, none of us is perfect, but Wow. Okay. This is, I think this is really helpful. Yeah. Um, I think I'm about to ask a question and testimony, share your testimony is one of the answers. But the question um, that I want to flesh out more is what do we do when we receive an encounter, especially an encounter that's beyond our ability to understand? Um, maybe in order to get to that question, do you want to share your encounter from Monday? You shared it on, or did you share it on Monday night Yeah, in front of the room? Um, and if I can say I was in the room while you were receiving the encounter mm-hmm. and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, in part because I was just like worried that you weren't okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there were some questions that I was having of like, how do I discern whether this is even from the Lord? Totally. Um, and I'd love for you to just share and not that you have to have any answers, totally. but just like process just what that wrestle what looks happened. like, if you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, Monday, the second I, we walked into, um, deep waters room, mm-hmm. I felt Holy spirit on me. It just was weighty when I walked in the room and I was just like, okay, yeah, this is what it feels like when Richard Gordon and his team are in the room, honestly. (laughs) And to make a long story short, um, 
Richard and his team, we started by sharing testimonies from the night, which is just there. That's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. Started sharing testimonies from what was experienced the previous night and it exposed something into the room. And, um, it was actually, and then we led to went with honor with Danica, right. praise God that also just did something in me. Mm-hmm. And I told her that yesterday I said, for some reason, and her and I've been through a lot, especially just like working together, um, in the last few months. But for some reason, what was happening to her when she was receiving the words, it was as though those words were for me, like really? not the specific, like the spe- specificity of mm-hmm. those words, but like the way that I feel connected to Danica, I was mm-hmm. like exposing something in me of like, I was weeping because the importance of what I knew those words were doing to Danica was, was wrecking Whoa. me. Yes. It was insane. Like what I was feeling. Wow. And that's so holy. It was so good. And <laughs> I just, I even told her that I was like, the unity we've created is beyond what even, what we even know. Yeah. And it, that was like, that was evident to me when she was receiving those words. Mm. And um, then Megan and AJ got literally taken up into heaven in front of our eyeballs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> crazy. They were, physically, I still saw their bodies, but. In every other sense, they, they were, were not in the there, throne room. One hundred percent. And Richard calls me Danica and Becca over, I think, and we like to we like go lay hands. And so I'm laying hands, and I'm so emotional. So I'm just crying before the Lord, crying mm. before AJ and Megan, and know the weight of what they carry. And so, yeah, I was just care. I was just feeling it. Honestly, I've mentioned that the, the way I feel is just very deep. So I was just feeling it. And I go back down, I sit down and I'm just crying. I'm just, I start feeling like really weighty. And then, um, one of his team members comes and prays for me and says, the Holy spirit has been on you all morning and you know it. And I just was like, 100%, you know, <laughs> like absolutely. <laughs> and I don't remember a single other word that she said, but it was in that moment that I was like, oh, I can't hold myself up anymore. And I go to the ground Whoa. and I just, I start on my knees and like kind of just put my head on the ground and I'm just crying. I'm crying, crying, crying. And within like a minute maybe or two, it was as though the heaviest like wooden plank, long like wooden plank was resting on my shoulders. And I was, the crying wasn't initial because of pain. It was just like the encounter itself, but it started being like, Oh, ow, actually like I'm in pain. And I remember putting my hands on my shoulders to see what was there. Cause I was like, Oh, ow, my like, ow. And then again, you were in the room, but I started like actually manifesting, like shaking, like Mm -hmm. in my whole body has never been so tense. So I was like super tense and then started shaking. And so at this point I'm like flat on the ground and the weight doesn't stop it. It just keeps actually getting heavier wow. and then it moves from my shoulders to like my shoulder blades to my lower back. And at this point I'm kind of like, Oh wow. Like this is like, I'm confused. I'm like, Oh, this is like actual pain. Like this isn't spirit pain. I'm like, this is, I'm actually in pain. Wow. Your body hurts. My body like is hurting badly. Like yeah. to the point where I am out loud crying, screaming out. Yeah. Like, ow, ow, ow. And I'm like gripping the rugs in the room. 
and I, I think I said like, somebody help me. Like yeah, you, you said that multiple times. <laughs> I was like, we I were all like, like grabbing Justin and <laughs> Richard and we're like, Oh, what do we do? <laughs> yeah. And I mean, fair question. I was asking myself, I'm like, is this deliverance? Which I've gone through deliverance. You've been in the mm-hmm. room. I've gone through deliverance. You know, <laughs> right, <that's true. laughs> you've seen me through a, a lot of some crap. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Such an honor. Honestly, <laughs> but I it I knew like it was just a knowing. That's the best way I can say it. Which like thank God for some of this church language mm. that like people understand. Mm. But it's like I had a knowing that this was the Lord, but doesn't. Wow diminish the like fleshly confusion of Lord. I didn't know that you could do this. I didn't know you came in this way. Whoa. You know, I mean, Jackie said it perfectly. Like with her interaction, she was like, Lord, I don't know what's going on, but she was laying hands on people. People were falling out each time laying hands at what's going on. You know, people were falling out. There's like a fleshly confusion that is still um, like in the middle that can happen in the middle of a, of an encounter. So, so helpful. So long story short, I mean, I am screaming in pain and mm-hmm. then all of a sudden Richard comes over and he like kind of helps me like put some language to, he, he says like, Lauren, this is okay. This is from the Lord. Um, he's like, the Lord marked me similarly like years ago. And he was like, wow. he's like, I know it's like, it's very, very painful, but he was like, this is holy. And I was like, okay, like I could, it was just kind of that like reassurance mm. of, Okay. Like, I know this is of the Lord because I'm feeling that this is of the Lord, but also my flesh is like in extreme amount of pain. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, just, okay, I needed that reassurance. And unlike other encounters, Megan and AJ are a perfect experience of them mentally were not in the room at all. Hmm. Me mentally was in the room the entire time. Wow. Was fascinating. very aware, which I've had other encounters where I'm like, yeah, my body's shaking, but I'm actually like elsewhere in my mind. Wow. Okay. But this whole time is honestly the first encounter where I'm like, I actually don't know what's happening in me spiritually yet. It's only, I'm here in the flesh and I'm in a lot of pain. So that's what was happening. And I was dripping sweat. I have a sick chin burn, like rug burn or whatever on my chin. Wow. And, um, I remember Justin being like, bless his heart. Can we just, we just love Justin. We love Justin. We love Justin. Praise God for Justin. Um, (laughs) he, comes over and he was like I'm not your dad but I feel like I need to be like a father figure like are you okay yeah. and honestly just like having him there I was like yes like I'm okay hmm. but I'm more so like Lord what you're doing in me is holy I know it so just like I'm here for it mm-hmm. like I'm I'm yielding that's what I kept telling myself like yield Lauren just yield it's good and um once I yielded it actually like got better hmm. it was less of okay I, this isn't deliverance. It was less of like being scared. It was more so like, okay, Lord, help me literally give me the strength to get through this pain. And, um, like, and I literally remember thinking with the Lord, like, okay, we'll clean it up later. Like, Lord, you'll have to provide like language for me later. (laughs) Honestly. Cause it's not coming now. Cause it's not now, but I'm like, I have to survive this pain. And there was like one, I told Danica the, like, I don't think she knew the importance of this, but she was rubbing my back and she said like, Hey, you're okay. And mm. she kept saying over and over again, I was, she's like, you're okay. And I, when I heard that, I was like, okay, I'm okay. And I, and then that's like what I said to myself to get me through it. I was like, mm. I'm okay. I'm okay. And the weight moved to my head mm. at one point and I could not get my head off the ground, like even move. And like my head, I think it's when I probably got my chin burned. It was like Whoa. so smashed into the ground. Like I could not move my head at all. 
And that was, that was probably the most painful part for me, honestly. And then it just moved and it would come. It was less of like, okay, this isn't constant anymore. It would come in almost what I described on Monday as like, not that I know from experience, but what I could imagine a labor pain to feel like, like a contraction, a couple minutes of pain and like super tense and shaking. And then I would stop and I would, um, like catch my breath, you know? And that happened that, I mean, the encounter was like an hour and a half, two hours. It was, it was extremely long. (laughs) And then after, um, Justin, like after I like caught my breath, drank a ton of water, like gulped water. (laughs) And Justin calls me over and he was like, he even was like, can you tell me what happened? And I said, I was like, no, like, I don't know what happened yet. And what I actually think about that is that it's that, that answer is beautiful in my Mm. opinion of Mm. like, we don't always have to know what happened. I, and I told him, I was like, the Lord marked me. And he was like, there's no question. He was like, I was grabbing your wrist and praying for you. And he, he was like, there was this glow on you. And I wow. was like, and I told him, I apologize. I, I, I'm so sorry. I was dripping sweat. And he was like, no, Lauren. He was like, I grabbed your wrist again. And he was like, I was rubbing something on like between my fingers. He's like, I looked at your arms and they were like beating oil. Whoa. And like I, it wasn't sweat. It wasn't sweat. He was like, you were beating oil off of your body. Whoa. And that is, and that blew my mind which I felt on what the craziest part of that whole thing. Cause the skeptic in the room is going to be like, yeah, freaking right. <laughs> but I uh, like the craziest part is though, when I was like holding my arms after, or just like, even just touching my skin, it was as though I had just rubbed straight oil into my arms, like slick, very Whoa. soft. I had, I'm like, my arms aren't normally this soft, you know, like on my stomach, even Whoa. it was crazy. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. So before I like go into anything deeper, that mm-hmm. alone was the encounter. Wow. Thank you. First mm-hmm. of all, for sharing that. Yeah. I feel like I might be a little reluctant to share all of the details that you just shared because it's so uh, like, I don't know what to do with this mm-hmm. exposing. Yeah. Um, and you know, I have a lot of non-Christian friends living in a secular world that went to public school, you know? Yeah. Um, and I can imagine some of their voices saying things like, Oh, what it was, what was wrong with that poor woman? Like they should have brought her to the hospital or like maybe somebody with a psychology degree would look at their big dictionary of different versions of psychosis and Mm -hmm. think like what's going on in her brain. Um, because, when you're trying to figure out what's happening, if you don't say the Lord is just doing something we don't understand, then you're going to rush to some other kind of answer in the world or in the flesh, you know, like someone fell over, um, in the spirit and started shaking. Maybe you point to it and call it epilepsy. Totally. So on and so forth. Um, and I just want to name that that's like a gut reaction. I think of our American Western culture, we, I think we lead with skepticism, um, all around the supernatural, just in general and think, well, it couldn't have been something that broke the laws of nature, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So what really happened there? Yeah. And I just want to point that out that that's the cultural soup that we swim in and we're subject to that way of thinking. So if you, as you listen to Lauren are finding yourself like, operating out of that soup, that cultural soup, 
thank David Hume or another philosopher that like planted that in our culture in the enlightenment because we're subject to that way of thinking. Um, but you go to Southeast Asia or Africa, um, Haiti is somewhere else that I've spent some time. Nobody doubts that that is a hundred percent spiritual. That's a really good point. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, very interesting. Like literally nobody in Southeast Asia of our ministry partners would ever doubt that that was 100% God totally. or a, like a demon manifestation in which case you get prayed over, mm-hmm. but it was clear from what was happening, especially by these pastors who were guiding you through it, that that it, it was of the Lord. Right. So anyway, I just, I feel like it's really important to say that, especially when pain is so obviously involved. Yeah. Because there are these questions of like, I know God to be a good God, Mm -hmm. a loving God. He wouldn't give me pain. Yeah. I just want to challenge that assumption (laughs) because God did some pretty tough things in the Bible. Yeah. It's like, I don't know, asking Abraham to sacrifice his kid. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm thinking also of Jonathan Edwards Mm. um, in the first great awakening. Have you heard of Jonathan Edwards? Mm -hmm great man of God, incredible scholar too, probably the greatest American theologian. I would agree probably. Um, and if you don't, are you, you're not related, are you Edwards? What are the odds? We could be, we are in my heart. Yes. (laughs) At least brother and sister in Christ. (laughs) At the very least. (laughs) Oh, Jonathan Edwards was an incredible man of God. So anyway, in the first great awakening that he experienced, people um, would go out in fear yeah. on the ground yeah. of they'd have visions of hell, hellfire and damnation, yeah. which is really offensive to where our culture is right now. Um, and it was something that the Lord was moving in to lead people to repentance in the first great awakening. Yeah. So I just want to say like, that's offensive to our culture. Absolutely. And that's okay. In fact, it's probably on purpose that God offends our culture. And we need to remember that we are not God. Mm. He is. And we need to submit our limited understanding to his sovereignty. Just like Job had to do at the end of the book of Job. He just knelt down and repented and said, God, I don't have answers to the question why, Mm. but you are God and I am not. Period. So good. Um, So... Anyway, sorry, I went on a little bit of a teaching. I right love there, it. That was good. That felt important. It is. In the wake of everything you shared. And I feel like you're you're fostering that encounter so well. Mm-hmm. And it's beautiful for me even to hear you recount it, Lauren, because I see how well you're stewarding it. Mm. Um, <clears throat> I think you could not steward that encounter really well. But by the way that you acknowledge, hey, I, I like I submitted to the Lord. I was in conversation with him. I was asking him genuinely why, Yeah. which is a good response. Yeah. Like you should ask why. Um, and then also respond in submission. I love that you're saying, I don't know what happened. We're going to have to figure this out later, Lord. Mm-hmm. You're like demonstrating that you're very relational with him, mm-hmm. that this is an open conversation throughout your whole life. Yeah. Um, and whatever is going on in his sovereignty, you trust it. Yeah. So I, I just see so much like humility and submission Mm -hmm. in your response to that encounter. And I'm so grateful. Thanks, Benj. Um, and it, it feels really obvious to me why the Lord wanted you to be the one that we interviewed on this podcast today. Cause Mm -hmm. I just feel like this is so helpful. Cause I think maybe this is something you can speak to. There's a lot of people who encountered the Lord this weekend who are trying to unpack 
yeah. make sense of what just happened. Absolutely. Um, like Jackie Verner told me when I talked to her yesterday, a lot of people keep telling me I'm still processing yeah. what happened with Richard Gordon, which processing isn't bad, but I also want to, of course, it's important that we process, totally. um, but I also want to just give permission to not have to figure everything out. Do you have anything to add to that thought? Yeah. Um, it's okay. If not, I didn't really ask a question. <laughs> no, I think, I think it's good. I think the pressure of the questions, which are so innocent and out of plain curiosity and probably like, Hey, I need help too. The questions of what happened in you this weekend mm-hmm. provide the pressure of, I have to have it all figured out. Great. That was a good way to say it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's where people are like, Oh, I'm still processing Yeah, because everyone I'm guilty of it. So what did the Lord do in you this weekend? Yeah. You know, because it is out of like, okay, can we like find a topic and actually like talk about it together? Cause we're mm. all, we're both kind of like confused here. So can mm. you tell me what the Lord did in you? It's like that desire for understanding, which is totally like beautiful, but we've talked about this of like, I think yesterday, like, okay, Lord, if you never provide me with understanding, Hmm. like I will be okay because I trust that like you marked me, that you had an agenda for me today Wow. or that day or in that moment. And so it's like, Lord, I relinquish my desire to understand. Mm -hmm. But if you want to, I literally wrote this in my journal last night, Lord, if you want to provide language that will help me understand, like I'm creating space for you to speak. And I sat in silence last night. Wow. Because I'm like, Lord, I need, I need it to be from you. Cause it's, if it's from me, I, it's like, it's not going to help me mm-hmm. feel at peace. It's not going to fulfill that desire to understand. Does that make sense? Absolutely. This is so good. If you like asked a friend or a pastor what happened and they gave you an answer, maybe they're just guessing. Mm-hmm. Like I could guess. Totally. I don't know that it's from the Lord. Absolutely. Unless I'm really excellent in the prophetic mantle of authority or whatever. <laughs> well, totally. And there's a part of me even that was like, oh, well, I want to ask Jordan, like what his thoughts are. Like, has mm-hmm. that ever happened to him or Megan, you know? And I did talk mm-hmm. to Megan a little bit, but the Lord actually like convicted me and he was like, you haven't even brought it to me yet. Wow. And I was like, gosh, Lord, like, you're so right. I've just been so like, okay, something super intense happened. I've been recovering so sore for the last two days now. Wow but I haven't created space with just me and the Lord until last night, you know, thank God. But (laughs) (laughs) okay. Not that I'm trying to counter anything that we just said, but I'm, I have some thoughts about, I don't know that this necessarily applies to you, but I think these could be some helpful categories in the way that we think. Um, one, when we receive an encounter, one thing could be that you've just been filled with the Holy Spirit for the first time. Yeah, We saw that happen with a lot of the youth Absolutely. this yeah, weekend. That was amazing. Which was so wonderful. Like one came up on Tuesday and testified, I received the gift of tongues. I know, come on. <laughs> I like couldn't stop praying in tongues. <laughs> like, like God. <laughs> all right. Well, that's pretty obvious from the book of Acts that you've just been filled with the Holy Absolutely. Spirit. Yeah. Not that you that's have to speak in way. tongues, but for sure. Totally. That's what happened. Praise God. 
Um, so that's one thing. It could have been a baptism of the Holy Spirit, which might happen just once in your life. It might happen multiple times. We see in the book of Acts, the yeah. same people getting baptized multiple times over in the spirit. It's different than baptism by water, but I don't want to get down that rabbit trail today. Um, there's also something that we call a baptism of fire, hmm. which I'm not the best authority on this, but yeah. I've heard Jordan Werner speak on it a couple times. And, um, he talks about it like a sanctifying encounter. An example of this from scripture is Isaiah, Isaiah chapter six, where he sees the throne room mm. and he says, woe is me for I am a man of unclean lips and I have beheld God. Cause he's like looking at the Lord. Yeah. And the seraphim flying around the Lord singing, holy, holy, holy. That, that, that moment must've been absurdly oh, amazing. I, yeah. And which is a very natural response. Isaiah thought in the face of your glory, God, I'm going to die because your glory is so great. And I'm a man of unclean lips. Mm. Um, that's honestly, it's a helpful biblical paradigm that I think we've lost a little bit in our culture is that God is so glorious He's so righteous and wonderful and holy that that which is not righteous and glorious and holy is eradicated in his presence. Yeah. Like darkness is eradicated in the presence of light. Mm. And that's not because God is like harsh and going around right. killing things. Um, that's just what happens in his glory. Totally. <laughs> I think light and dark is the best metaphor to describe that. Yeah. But anyway, Isaiah is like sure that he's about to die because of that glory moment. Mm -hmm. And what happens? A seraphim, which is like this angelic beast creature with wings, mm -hmm. crazy, um, grabs a coal from the altar and takes it down and sears Isaiah's lips with it, mm. um, purifying his lips, yeah. sanctifying him. And I imagine that that moment might have actually been physically painful for Isaiah. I can imagine. Um, we have... We have other examples, like a great testimony that Jordan Werner has shared that's helpful for me is that of Phineas Brzee, um, who I think he's the founder of the Church of the Nazarene movement, isn't he? Have you heard of him? I actually, now that you said exactly that, I yeah. think you're right. Okay, cool. <laughs> yes. Also, I just love the name Phineas. Yeah. There's something about that name that I think is so holy. But anyway, <laughs> Phineas, at one point he was preaching... Long story short, it was a terrible sermon. Almost nobody was present because it was dead winter and it was freezing and he thought he did a terrible job. Mm. Um, and he looked up in the sky. I don't remember the details, but there was some moment of prayer and he saw what looked like a fireball, like a comet falling from the sky. Do you remember this moment? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of freaking out and God tells him to swallow it. And Phineas is like, what? And God says, swallow it. Mm. And so he opens his mouth and in some vision, supernatural, I don't know what, um, Phineas like has some of this fireball go in his mouth, but it's way too big for all of it to go into his mouth. Yeah. And it's, he describes it like a moment where his body was, um, overcome by fire mm. such that like any of the dross or any of the chaff or um, like that, which is unclean was just burned away mm. and his lips were tingling. Like they'd been burned for three days after that. Wow. Um, so I, I, 
these stories are helpful to me because um, there are different kinds of encounters that are accomplishing different things. And we might say, oh, are you getting sanctified in that moment? Is mm-hmm. God teaching you the fear of the Lord? Yeah. Maybe you haven't like held reverence for God very well and he wants to like teach you that. Right. Maybe you haven't seen Christ's crucifixion rightly. Hmm. Um, there's an encounter that we know from St. Francis of Assisi called the stigmata, which again breaks our categories. But um, St. Francis of Assisi um, accounts that at one point in like a moment of incredible encounter, he received the wounds of Christ. Oh, I've heard. Yes. Have you heard of that? Yes. That's the word stigmata. It's happened a number of times to different Catholic saints. I'm not sure it's happened to anybody who wasn't Catholic. Maybe it has, but, um, it it happened to St. Francis. He's, his is probably the most famous account, but he lived for the rest of his life with, um, not even scars, but like borderline open wounds where Christ's wounds were on his wrists and feet and side. Hmm. Um, and he, he counted it as joy because he got to join, join in the suffering of Christ Wow. and to join in the suffering of Christ means to join in the death and therefore the resurrection of Christ. Um, so anyway, like these things, I just wanted to throw some of this stuff in there to say, um, we see this in the Bible. We see this in church history that like encounter with God breaks categories. Um, it can be painful. It can be confusing. Um, it's however, accomplishing something really significant and whatever it accomplishes, we might never have understanding for it. And we might only have like 2% understanding Hmm. someday. But, um, even that I don't want to push on people. Yeah. And I think Hmm. even like we touched on, even just talking about like the skeptic and an encounter, you know, Mm. of like my answer of to the Twitch is like, I actually don't have one, you know, Mm. and that's beautiful because it takes me out of it. And for my encounter, it's yeah, I actually don't have one yet. It's good. I might not. And that's beautiful because it takes me out of it. And that's proof like the living God who's mysterious and vast and wonderful and jealous for me. And like Mm. all of these things, it's like he's living inside of me and he came and marked me but I don't understand. Wow. I I was just reminded of at the beginning of the book of revelation, John, the visionary says that he fell as though dead Hmm. when he saw Jesus, Yeah. which I think like he could have said different things if he just fell over, fell down to his face. Yeah. He felt like he died. Like his body was overcome by the encounter that he had with, the glorified Christ. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Paul thrown off his horse, blinded, literally, literally blinded. Yeah. Um, wow. What do you do in the face of God's glory other than be overcome? Which, yeah. Anyway. Okay. All of this is really helpful. Maybe the last thing I want to make sure is said, because mm-hmm. I don't want to go from this space without saying it, is what do we do if we're the person in the room that was really longing for encounter mm. and felt like we received nothing? Yeah. Um, I, I more often, candidly, am that person mm. than the person who receives an encounter, um, meaning like a supernatural embodied experience yeah. or manifestation, mm-hmm. though I have started to twitch. I'll proclaim that. And I did smell 
the blood of Christ as red wine once. Grape chapstick. Um, <laughs> it was grape chapstick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, don't take that from me. I know. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, but I, I am not someone who has like had a lot of supernatural encounters. Um, and anyway, I, not to get into my own story and mm-hmm. testimony, but I just want to create space to say like, it's not like God loves you less. That can be very easily a breeding ground for insecurity. That's good. Comparison. Comparison. Oh, it's just the thief of joy. So the enemy just throws it everywhere that he can. You know, and it's interesting that there's insecurity, like we already mentioned in, I don't know how to define what happened in my encounter. Totally. So I'm going to rush to some like forced understanding of it so that I can answer the question when people ask me, cause I'm kind of insecure around why I was on the floor Absolutely. shaking or like why I couldn't stop laughing for two hours. It was low key embarrassing. Absolutely. That's one form of insecurity. The other is like, I sat there. <laughs> one of our youth said so beautifully on mm-hmm. Tuesday, I felt nothing yeah. on Saturday. Then I came on Sunday and I felt nothing. Yeah. Then I came on Monday and I felt nothing. Hmm. And we just kind of stewarded that in the space. What do you say to that person, Lauren? Well, for the youth specifically that <laughs> said that, sure. I had, like, I couldn't let him sit down. I interrupted Kenny to like say <laughs> and honor him for the way that he told his testimony that weekend. Mm-hmm. Because his, I have never like heard a story of such quick obedience that it convicted me mm-hmm. of, I asked myself, Lord, I'm sure I missed so many times where I was caught up in what happened to me that I could have been praying for someone or that you asked me to do something. He was so in tune that whole weekend for what the Lord was asking of him. Mm. I was so blown away. So good for him specifically. Yes. Um, I think Yeah, this is, I feel like this is an important thing to say too, as someone, me in this podcast, even who mentions and often refers to how she discerns frequently is a feeling, Hmm. how to navigate when you're not feeling anything at all is almost more important than when you're discerning in a feeling. That's great. Sure. And so there was a couple times this weekend, even where I was just plain, like plain and simply exhausted, Mm -hmm. um, and wasn't feeling anything. The like term we like to say is like, oh, I wasn't feeling anything or nothing happened to me. But I sat back and it's one of those things that's like, okay, Lord, what are you doing in the room? Hmm. What's my assignment? You know? And you honestly, for me, it's just those two questions. I like, I like to kind of ask, okay, what's going on in the room? Like, Lord, where are you in the room right now? Hmm. What are you doing in the room right now? And how do you want to use me? Because it's not like, it's not like if the Lord wants to use you, it's how. Mm. And so for you, Benji, maybe you relate of like I, this, this weekend's hard for me to even like speak on this subject. Cause it, I did have some pretty crazy encounters throughout almost every day this weekend. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so I'm so grateful for that, <laughs> but that doesn't mean I still didn't ask myself in the times that I didn't have an encounter, like, okay, Lord, what, how do you want to use me? Hmm. Like there was a moment in the Gen Z night where I had an encounter, fell on the floor, was seizing, shaking, got up and 
walked one of my greatest friends through a deliverance in the bathroom. Wow. Like crazy. Praise God. I was like, Lord, where do you, how do you want to use me? And it was, my eyes were like, she was glowing in the room. And I went over to her and like, we both got set free of the same thing within a week of each other, like the most beautiful encounter. And I'm like, Lord, if I didn't ask you that question, I could have missed that. Oh, you know, thank heavens that you asked that question. Yeah. So it's like sitting in an experience of the Lord sitting in a room of encounters. It's not a passive activity. Mm. It's a very active thing. Oh, and it's like, it's like the spiritual realm. Like you said, it's so real. Yeah. The spiritual realm is not passive. It is active and it's never passive. It's not passive when we sleep. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, our job as humans, our jobs, uh, our job is like how to steward that is very active. Excellent. So, sorry. It took me a second, but I got there. That was so good. Thank you. Thank you. So I guess let that be your assignment listener. Um, I, <laughs> in just really simple terms, I think prayer is maybe the key. Yeah. Like, if you're not open to the Lord, I had a friend of mine come on Monday who, um, well, long story short, she didn't, didn't grow up in the Christian church. She grew up elsewhere and is trying to make sense of God and Jesus and all of these things. And I said, the most important thing isn't that you jump up and stand and dance and sing or like go to the front or anything. The most important thing is that you remain open in conversation with the Holy spirit. So good. Uh, and you just exemplified that beautifully. Hey Lord, <laughs> you turn to prayer. <laughs> I'm sitting here not encountering anything in the supernatural. Like other people on the floor, I'm not shaking. Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have for me? Yeah. Just that you turned to prayer at all, rather than I think what is more often maybe like my fleshly instinct and some of other people's instinct is instead of prayer to just turn inward, start thinking for myself or get insecure and think, Oh, why, why do I not? Why, why am I not experiencing that? Or like, dang, that looks like really powerful. Or how come God isn't doing that to me? Mm -hmm. Now I'm speaking about God in the third person rather than speaking to God in the second person. And you've fallen into the active attack of the enemy that Mm. night, that moment. Whoa in the room you know that's so good because the second you turn away from what you said you the second you make god third person the second you're you almost look at yourself and say why not me Mm -hmm. fair question don't get me wrong fair question we've all been there but or i want that like lord i want that amen you know that's totally all fair but it's like okay lord tell me what to do that's so good like just change the way you ask your questions, change the way you doubt. That's so good. You know, then all your questions are authentic and important. Absolutely. Have them second person to God. Absolutely. Rather than third person about God's involvement in your life. Um, playing like a passive victim or like you were left out. Uh, wow. This is really speaking to me. Mm. This is, these are helpful terms, Lauren. Thank you. Um, I'm also glad that you said the active attack of the enemy in those spaces. You know, Jesus says in John chapter 10, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. And if the enemy can come into a moment of encounter where people are being radically touched, but you're not abiding in the vine, you're separated from God. Mm -hmm. You're thinking of God in the third person rather than the second person. 
<clears throat> then the enemy wants to swoop in like a thief and steal what could be an encounter that you have or that you lead someone else into. Absolutely. I, the enemy would love to speak lies over moments like that. Like, oh yeah, you're probably not worthy to receive an encounter. Yeah. You're probably not worthy to like be met by the glory of God, so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Like those lies might start to trickle in. But if we're abiding in the vine or if we're looking to the Lord in the second person, like I don't think Satan's voice can even touch us. No. Well, and I, I want to say this too. I think you asked the question, like, what do we do in slash after an encounter maybe? Mm-hmm. And what I wanted to say was what's so important is to like pray a covering over yourself hmm. and like a pray, a prayer protection because totally transparent right now after my encounter on Monday, I have never been hit with so much shame, insecurity, and embarrassment wow. for what took place in me in front of all of people that I look up to. Wow. Cause the staff, honestly, they are like, I have looked up to you for three years, all of you guys. And so I'm like, that just happened to me. The most embarrassing thing that something that I'm confused about Mm -hmm. and what did the enemy do? The second I drove home, I got hit with the most intense attack of my life. Really? Yes. And so I have, and what's, and it's actually, again, just being transparent. I was kind of irritated at Richard for having me say my testimony so quickly in front of everyone. Mm -hmm. Cause there was a part of me that was like, well, I didn't want to share that necessarily. I have no language for it yet, Mm -hmm. but what it did for the attack that was already manifesting in me. I did feel shame. I felt like I felt embarrassed, but the second I released it as testimony, it broke off of me. And so I'm like, okay, people, there's power in testimony. Amen. Even when the whole time I was praying, Lord, I literally have no words to share, but would you speak through me? Mm. You know? And I just said, Lord bless whatever I just shared. Cause I blacked out honestly, but <laughs> <laughs> wow, yeah. crazy. By so, the- Pray a prayer of protection and covering over yourself because Good. the active attack of the enemy will come if you're not in an encounter and the second you have an encounter. Dang, this is helpful. <laughs> Isn't it? So good. By the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. I come keep on. thinking that too. Yeah, that's good. And then when, if, if, and when you experience that attack, immediately testify, bring someone into it. Come on. This is what God did. I'm speaking the truth in the face of the lies that the enemy's trying to hit me with right now. Yep. And maybe, maybe the lies will be broken off yeah. right then and there. Yeah. This is so helpful. Yeah, it's good. Okay. Can I say one more thing? Absolutely. I know it's beyond the time for it's, you, but it's, fine. it's okay. Um, cause for me, this was really, um, as like a teacher and thinker, this was a key that unlocked a lot for me about like why God even has encounters in the first place. Mm. Like why? shake on the floor why fall over um and this came from richard it was so helpful he said the way that humans work so often is an event happens and that event produces an emotion or a feeling and that feeling or emotion produces a belief system Mm. and that belief system produces a way of living yeah so let's say um like people used to make fun of me in the way that I dressed when I was a kid still do sometimes. Cause I have a terrible sense of fashion, oh my <laughs> but like there were a handful of events that were connected to the way that I looked and it produced these feelings inside of myself of like shame, embarrassment, like that. I don't, um, you know, just like insecurity, right? These, 
these belief systems came from those emotions that like I wasn't as cool as other people at a really young age, you know, um, belief systems glob on. And then from those belief systems, a lifestyle emerges, which Mm -hmm. is I start to act like I'm maybe not as worthy as other people who like dress better than I do or whatever. Right. Um, I haven't really flushed out that particular example in my life, but you see how it works. Yeah. Event leads to feeling, leads to belief system, leads to a way of living lifestyle. And what Richard said that is so helpful is encounters are doing like that same kind of formula, um, but in a constructive way, Hmm. in a way that maybe breaks down lies that the enemy has planted in us from early ages or whatever. Um, and so I might have an encounter with the Lord in a moment. That's an event. And that event ought to produce some kind of feeling or emotion inside of myself that might even rewrite some belief systems in me that will mm. change the way that I live. Yeah. You see that? Yeah. So like one thing that happened to a handful of our students in youth is identity statements yeah. were spoken over them in encounter. And that feeling of like being loved and seen for the way that their body is without makeup. Yeah. For example, I'm thinking of one in particular that just wrecked me on Tuesday. I know. She's like, I am beautiful, mm-hmm. period. It's not about how I dress. It's not about the makeup that I wear. Like she's over here speaking a belief system that God gave her because of an encounter. Yeah. And now she's going to live differently Yeah. in the truth of God about who she is. So good. Um, so I, I just wanted to name that to say... The important thing about encounter isn't rushing to the next encounter um, Mm, because we're not just meant to live on the mountaintop. It's really good. Um, We're supposed to take whatever the Lord did, whether we understand it or not, and live differently as a result. Mm -hmm. Like I'm to live more in the truths of Christ because I met God on that mountaintop. Mm -hmm. He met me on the mountaintop rather. Yeah. Well, and I feel strongly too, and I said it at youth even, like... Yes, there's, there is a difference between like a mountaintop experience for mm-hmm. sure. Don't get me wrong. And some of those are this weekend for mm-hmm. sure. But I feel strongly that like in youth, in young adults, in our church, it's like Richard Gordon and his team, the weekend he comes for our this year mm-hmm. is not a mountaintop experience. It's a launching pad. It's great. It's a launching pad to launch us into our way of living. It's great. And he would, I think he would agree with that because he wouldn't want his weekend with us to be his the mountaintop of our year until the next time he comes. And I know, I mean, there's a temptation inside of myself to live that way. And I know a lot of other people who live that way that it's like, I don't really live day to day for Christ, but when I come to church, I might experience like an incredibly radical encounter from the Lord. We see this a lot in some of our youth that they never come around, but then when they do, they just get radically hit totally. And then they're just gone. Yeah. Um, so anyway, if, if that happens to be something that is convicting to you, listener, I would just encourage you to like try and figure out how, what God is communicating in those encounters is to be lived out on the day to day. We're not meant to be Sunday Christians. It's so good. Just in the same way that we're not meant to live from the mountaintop. We're supposed to take, take the God who we encountered on the mountaintop with us everywhere we go. That's good. 
allow him to take us everywhere he goes. Maybe so would be good. a better way to say that. And that's a launching pad. Come on. That's, that's, that's yeah. a launch pad right there. Up and in. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. Lauren, you freaking rock. Right back at you, Benj. I said everything that I wanted to say. Did you? Same. Wow. Thank you, Lord, for this time. This was really helpful, I think. It was. Helpful for me, even. I needed that this was morning. It? Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, me too. Wow. I just want to glorify God for his goodness. Mm. Lord, you are so faithful. <laughs> you give us what we need. And I pray that anyone who is listening right now that has struggled with some form of insecurity, comparison, yeah. frustration, disappointment related to all of these things would be met by you, um, even in just a tender way. Hmm. And may yeah. you rewrite some narratives, some lies that are in our heads, Lord, so that we can live out of your empowering truth. That's good. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, we pray that in the name of Jesus. Thanks so much for joining us, Lauren. Thanks for having me, Benji. This was lovely. This was fun. Okay, cool. This is so helpful. Okay. Uh, if God. you found this helpful, listener, let us know. If you have further questions, please reach out. You can comment on the YouTube page or send us an email at deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. Come on. Or just come to our office and hang out. <laughs> I'll make you some tea and we'll chat. Or coffee. Yeah. It's a better option. You think coffee's better than tea? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, now there's a debate. <laughs> Next episode. <laughs> Next episode. We'll talk about it. Uh, but until then, have a blessed week. A blessed life. We'll see you next Friday or whenever you choose to listen. Shalom. Thank you so much for listening to the Deep Waters podcast. If you have comments, questions, or concerns, maybe even a recipe or two, please send them to deepwaters at riverhouseministries.com. And if you would like to join us at Riverhouse for Sunday service, we meet at the Vineyard Boise at 4 p.m. We'd love to see you there. We cannot do this podcast without a little help from our friends. Our theme music was written and recorded by the Riverhouse worship team. Production is done by Jordan Sodeman. Special thanks to Isaiah Guerrero for our artwork. Benjamin Olson writes and co-hosts with me, Jace Langley, and I also edit this bad boy. If you like this podcast and want to keep going on this journey of discipleship with us, please leave us a review wherever you listen to the Deep Waters podcast. May Christ be with you wherever you go.